Good morning. The reading this morning is from the second letter to Corinth, uh, chapter 9, verse 6 to 15. If you had a Bible near you, that's on page 1173, and it's about generosity we're reading about this morning. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of us should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Heavenly Father, as we come now to your word, we pray that your Holy Spirit will plant your seeds in our hearts. Father, give us ears to hear what you want to say to us and give us hearts that are determined to do what we learn. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now this morning I've brought a visual aid that you can't see. That's a work of genius, isn't it? It's even worse if you're listening to this on the recording later on the website. But with a bit of luck, if I throw this loss up in the air, you might see what I've got. Let's have a go. What do you reckon that is? Sycamore seeds. I'd better pick those up afterwards. I don't want Anessa having to clear up my mess. Sycamore seeds. Now, when you look out of our kitchen window all you can see beyond our fence is sycamore trees. I am an expert in sycamore trees. I know that they can grow to over a hundred feet high and sadly they can live for over 600 years and each sycamore tree on average produces 10,000 seeds per year. We call them helicopters, I guess that's what you call them as well, as they come fluttering down and in the wind, fluttering into our garden. So if they live for 600 years and they produce 10,000 seeds per year, in their lifetime, 
They're going to produce, yes, I know, you've worked it out, haven't you? No, you haven't? (laughs) Six million seeds. One seed will produce six million more. Now, that's what I call multiplication. And that is not even counting the fact that they've produced a 30-ton tree in the process. Multiplication is what Paul is talking to us about in this passage. And this morning, as we continue our series in being open, we're being open this morning, open to sharing. Now, something happened to Belinda and me when we were standing on the concourse of Pisa Airport in Italy, which brings this passage vividly to life for me. And it brings to me the principle of multiplication. It was early May, and we just landed, and we were stuck. We wanted to get the train to Florence, where we'd booked a hotel, but the Italian trains, as they often are, were on strike. No train for the next 12 hours. It's not a great start when you're on a weekend break. Florence is 60 miles away. It's over the mountains. No trains. What would you do? Taxi. Why don't I get a taxi? Because they're 300 euros, and because the trains are on strike, there aren't any. I know what, I'll hire a car. Same price. But we are, our hotel's in a pedestrian precinct and you can't get a car anywhere near it, nowhere to park. Let's get the bus. <laughs> you can't be serious. You've obviously never been on an Italian bus, have you? Well, as we were contemplating this, my mobile phone caught up with where we were and it started pinging me voicemail alerts. And the lady who was nearby heard this and she came over. And she spoke to me a sentence so full of Italian words that it had more in it than a bolognese has strands of spaghetti. Eventually, however, we realized that we were English and she was American. (laughs) Can I borrow your phone to make a call to my son who's picking me up? My cell phone doesn't seem to work. That was supposed to be an American accent. American phones are never great, are they? Can she borrow my phone? Certainly, I said, and I gave her my phone. In gratitude, she offered to buy us an espresso and said, what are you doing? And we explained our predicament. We're stuck. Oh, don't worry, she said. My son will give you a lift. Now, in my mind, I conjured up the picture of a large son in a small Fiat 500 (laughs) with our suitcases on a roof rack loosely tied on with rope. Well, her son turned up. The biggest Lexus 4x4 I've ever seen. Blacked out windows. His own chauffeur. This guy was apparently Italy's most famous film director, and he was just coming back from the Cannes Film Festival. We were whisked in luxury right to the door of our hotel 
which was right in the pedestrian precinct in the middle of Florence near the Uffizi. And when the concierge, concierge saw who was driving us, he nearly fell over himself, <laughs> bowing and scraping. We couldn't have planned such blessing. We could never have contemplated such luxury. And all because of the gift of one phone call. It would have been very easy to have ignored the request. <laughs> Sorry, flat battery. Yes, but we're in a rush, if you don't mind. Or simply, non comprende. The question this passage asks us this morning is, are we open to sharing? Are we open to giving? For us, seeds of kindness led to a bountiful harvest. And this is the very principle that Paul is teaching us here in 2 Corinthians. When you have seed and you bury it in the ground, you lose the seed. But you're not really losing the seed, are you? Yes, it's irretrievably gone. You can't get it back. But that seed grows and multiplies and produces a harvest. So the question for us this morning is, do we see giving as an expense or as an investment? Do we see it as something that costs us or something that benefits us? And depending on your answer to that will depend on how you give. If you see giving as an expense, you'll want to minimise it. You'll ask yourself, can I afford it? What's the minimum I can get away with giving? Because expense is always to be minimised. Those of you in business will know about it. Your management accountants never stop going on about it. Before the days of CAP, I had a friend who was grossly in debt. And I suggested to him it would be a good idea to set up a monthly budget. And on the top line of the budget, the first thing I wrote was giving. When he saw this, he nearly fell off his chair. <laughs> you must be joking, he said, I can't afford to give. I said to him, giving isn't an expense, it's an investment. How can you afford not to give? Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And by the way, do you know what the next verse says? It says, don't worry. So giving went as number one on his budget list. The next thing that happened, he secured a good job. He was able to start paying down his debt. For him, that act of giving was an investment, not an expense. And if giving is an investment, which it is, it produces a multiplier, it produces a blessing. And this passage tells us of three blessings it produces. In verse 12, it, it blesses the recipient, the person to whom it's given. Verse 12 says, it meets the needs of God's people. Second thing it blesses is blesses you. It blesses you spiritually. Verse 10, God will increase the harvest of your righteousness. And the third thing it blesses, it blesses you materially. 
Do you get that? It blesses you materially. You will be enriched in every way. Giving is an investment. Blessing, blessing, blessing. Now, don't get me wrong, this isn't the prosperity gospel. This isn't a way of becoming rich, because the reason God promises to bless you is so that you can give more. You'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. It's just like Jesus in the parable of the talents. To those who gave more, more was given. So here is our question. Is giving an expense or an investment? Now, I would suggest that for many of us, if we were honest, we would say there are moments when we measure giving as an expense. We see it not as a joy, but as a duty. And we sometimes think of it, we sometimes think of tithing as being like an Old Testament tax. Paul would have none of that. Verse 7, he says, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. If you're not cheerful about it, don't give. Because do you know what? God isn't poor. But if you're not a cheerful giver, it could be you that finds yourself impoverished. God hands, God extends his hand of partnership to us. He invites us to be part of his divine economy. He offers to invest us to invest in his kingdom. He asks us whether we want to be part of this program of blessing and multiplied blessing. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why does Paul quote Jesus as saying it's more blessed to give than to receive? It's because the source of blessing isn't in receiving, the source of blessing is in giving. Do you get that? The world says, have more and you'll be blessed. God says, give more and you'll be blessed. Well, so much for the passage. Joe's always rightly saying to me, what's the application? Well, today we're focusing on cap. And you might ask yourself the question of how is our cap centre funded? And the answer is not always very well. As a church, we give about £3,000 a year to our cap centre because cap is one of our mission partners. But other than that, all the funding that we need to raise for our local cap centre has to be raised independently, either from generous donors or from grants. And that means we have to raise a further £20,000 a year. Of that money we raise, we send about a third of it normally to CAP head office in Bradford because they have the costs of administering all the debts that we are looking after. We pay them, they don't pay us. And at the moment, one of the great blessings is that CAP head office has, is blessed with more funds than they actually need right at the moment. The financial need for CAP is actually here in our CAP centre. 
And if you're sending support to CAP head office, you might want to consider whether you want to transfer that from sending it to Bradford, to the head office, to supporting our local CAP centre here in Christchurch. Or perhaps you're not investing in CAP at all. If not, perhaps you could invest a regular amount each month so that you could be part of that process of multiplied blessing. There are forms on your chair this morning if you'd like to be a partner and support this work and invest in it. And you know what? God will supply all your needs abundantly. And he will multiply what you're doing in ways that right now you cannot imagine. Let's pray together.